call from? Antonio Smith. An inmate at Terrell Unit. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. To accept this free call, press 1. What you listen to is the work that I've decided to do with my dad, Antonio Sr. And sometimes you'll hear me as called Tony because we're trying to differentiate the two of us and the family. They call my dad, Anthony, they call me Tony. But nevertheless, these are real prisoners in CT Terror Unit in Rocheron, Texas. Plus, on my side of things, there are the Assembly of Wonders. So both of our ministries, my dad ministry and then my government. I'm no longer I'm a pastor of a church. I passed it 11 years. Now I created a government. And so I don't have to have a separation between church and state because I want to do, I want to reach the inmates. It's the different things I want to do. So forget me talking, real people, real theology, real questions, real pain. This is possibly one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of because God's in it. Here we go. Once he introduces himself, that, that he's going to be recorded. It's not going to be an interactive conversation. He's strictly being recorded, okay? All right, I've already got the recording going for 10 seconds already. Okay, and, and then I have a second person behind him. So here's the first person. He'll introduce himself. All right. Hello, Antonio. Thank you for allowing me to be on your uh, podcast. I really <coughs> think it's a very great idea for people all over the world to spread the word of God around and ask questions. I'm locked up in T.T. Terrell Unit. I've been locked up for four and a half years. As you know, the COVID-19 has set everybody back. Uh, but we started our uh, Bible study back in our uh, Sunday uh, churches. And I have a couple of questions for you that I want to ask you. And uh, my first question is, uh, in the book of Luke, uh, verse th- chapter 3, verse 4 through 6, it says, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of none shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight, and every valley will be filled, and every mountain and hill will be brought brought low, and the crooked will be made straight, and the rough ways will be made smooth, and all humanity will see the salvation of God. Uh, I would want to ask you what your opinion is on that. And uh, if you could elaborate on that for me, uh, I've had several opinions on to it, but I'd like to get your opinion on to it. And uh, I also have a special prayer request. I have a great friend. Her name is Millie. She had a kidney transplant over 23 years ago, and uh, she's been on a kidney dialysis machine for the last five years. And I would just pray that everybody listen to this, that everybody would pray that the Lord bless her and give her a kidney. She is really a, a beautiful person inside and out. And I just thank God and ask people to pray for her. And not only that, my brothers are seeking the Lord and my sons are. And I just pray that God would move in their life and have people to move, people to pray that God would move in their life and minister to them. Thank you very much. Very welcome. Very welcome. Okay, here's the second <laughs> Hello? Yes, I'm here. You can go ahead and ask your question. Okay. Like, been, like I've been praying for a certain thing, and my name's Michael Shane Tinsley, my full name. 
uh, I've been praying for a certain thing to make parole, and I have a good feeling about me making it. I had good, you know, good feeling in my heart, but when it didn't happen, now I feel like just giving up on everything, you know, like life, just in particular. Has anyone ever felt like that? Deep. Okay, I'll definitely answer that on the podcast for sure. That was deep. Talk to your dad. Oh no, I, I no, I, I was saying that I would definitely answer that on the podcast for sure for you. That that, that was a real good question. Okay, I yeah. appreciate that. No doubt, no doubt. But will you keep me in your purse as well? I sure will. I sure will. I just I got you recorded and I'm writing it down. I will add you to the. I'll be praying for you in about an hour and tonight as well. I appreciate that. I, Cause I, I don't know. I just want to give up, you know. It's hard to, you know, have things going on in here as well. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's just, it's just hard when you don't see anything at the, with the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Yeah. No. That, that's absolutely fair. Let me say this before. Uh, tell my dad to keep you on real quick, and okay. let, let me just say this to you real quick because I, I, I don't want you to go without having to wait for you for part of the answer. There's two things that are missing because I, I can feel your energy. I can definitely feel your pain. There's two things that are yeah. missing from your current understanding. Thing number one is whenever you don't know what you want, God will create painful situations for you to put you into knowing what you want. So my first question to you is, you say that was Michael, right? Mike? Got you. My first question to you is, do you know what you want? Like your purpose, your dream, like that thing. Like in your, Because if you know what you want, you're not waiting to get outside. You're not waiting to get out of prison to do it. You're going to be doing it right now. So do you know what that right. thing is for you? To help others. Like, you know, like I want to go. What I want to do is I want to get out and help the youngsters that are going down the wrong path. Good. Good. So here's how this works. Since you know what you want, and I believe that, and I, I heard your, your your voice light up when you said it, then I want you to remember this for the rest of your life. Anytime you know what you want and you get what is called resistance, because that's what hurt you. You were ready for it to happen and it didn't happen. That is not something you're supposed to pay attention to. It is something that's supposed to be there to guide you. And I'll give you a good example here. Once you think about going down the highway 70 miles per hour, you pass up a thousand trees. Those trees are completely insignificant to you. However, they are saving your life. They are creating oxygen for you. They're, they're home. Those thousand trees are home to 10,000 insects and birds and bugs. Those trees have such significant energy that they're helping keep that part of Texas, so to speak, tropical enough for tornadoes thunderstorms and hurricanes so these trees have so much energy they're older than you those trees been around thousands of years like can you respect the fact that these trees have a lot of energy yeah but here's the deal you pass by them because all the energy in your life is not supposed to be respected it's just supposed to be energy in your life and that's what I want you to do since now that you know that what I want is to help youngers, youngsters, then, brother, I'm telling you, the next time something bad happens to you, you need to treat it like that tree. 
that you're not even paying attention to. And I'm going to tell you what is in the Bible. There's a story about this. This is what happens in the Bible. They force Moses. They force Moses to make bitter water sweet. But the very next verse says they then pass up 12 palms and 70 springs. The issue wow. with that is that the very next verse, the issue with that is you're forcing God to make bitter things sweet. So, yeah, God did it. That don't mean you, you still got bubble guts that came along with it. It, it was still right. you. But had you just kept the positive attitude, you would have walked to your oasis in the middle of a desert. So you're not just being tested. You didn't know what you were supposed to be seeing. So since you know what you want, the next time you get disappointed, your job is to stay faithful to knowing what you want. And I promise you, God will make a glorious way for you right after. Now, I'm going to answer this in more detail. And this is actually going to be on the podcast, me talking. But I felt your pain and there's no way in hell I was going to let you walk away. Not getting that. Right. Everything in your life is important, but you ain't supposed to pay attention to everything in your life, man. You right. just not. Yeah. Some stuff is like trees driving down the highway. They are important, but they have nothing to do with your destination. What happened to you has nothing to do with your destination. Stop making it so important because it's hurting you because you've made it so important. You've made the disappointment more important than the youngsters you're divinely called to help. You feel me? Yeah, see, what, I believe, too, that I wasn't ready because uh, a certain thing I was doing, I was like, do, I was doing something bad that I, I'm, not, I'm in here for, for selling drugs. Well, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, I was doing something that I shouldn't have been doing, you know, and... I, I believe that had something to do with it, you know? Right, well. right. And, and, and it's going to be a great story when you wind up telling one of those guys that, you know, that, that you can see yourself in and you know they're doing something, right? It's all part of the process. It's all part of the process. And I know you know this, but hopefully God is using my throat to remind you that don't pay attention to everything happening to you. That's not the, That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be making everything happening to you a footstool, but it's not to be, it's not supposed to be so important that it stops you in your present. That's not how God wants you to live. Not at all. So now, say, like I told your dad, you know, there's some days when I just sit in my cubicle and I think, you know, why don't, why don't, I, why don't I just end it? You know, yeah. I don't want it. I don't want to do that, but it's hard for me sometimes, you know? No. And that's, that's fair. And, that's everything you're saying is fair. And here's the deal. I don't even want you to hide from that. I don't want you to be tough. I don't want you to be tough. I want you to receive those emotions because here's how trauma works. If you don't have, if you don't talk to my dad, if you don't talk to somebody about it, you're going to, yeah. you are going to kill yourself because you have to get that out of you. So it stops being a traumatic event. So I want yeah. you to deal with that. I, I got you. I completely okay. understand what you're saying. Here's the deal. You're going to be having a good time. And those intrusive thoughts, is just gonna, they're just going to break, break in your brain. And you're going to think about all the bad things out of nowhere because your trauma brain doesn't respect your peace. You, you got two brains going on. You got your brain, 
And then you have a brain that's been through trauma. And that trauma brain does not care anything about you. It only cares to be in more trauma. So right. when that happens, just respect it's happening. Just respect that you're not being weak when you want to kill yourself. And just respect that God is using your mistakes to bless the rest of your life. And if you don't believe that, then you don't believe in God, right? Because God's plans can include your mistakes. And I promise you, Mike, as God yeah. is my witness with everything. I, I want to be like your dad. Your dad, I mean, he's very positive, very, there you like go. I asked him earlier, he's very, I said, how can you be so happy when you got to set off? He said, man, I'm joyful. I'm just, you know, I'm like, he smiles and he's happy. You know, that's what I want to be, you know? Wow. Amen. I love it. No, I love it. I love it. So I'm definitely we're gonna continue answer this for sure. But I didn't want to send you back without this. You feel okay. me? You feel me? Yes, Do me sir. a favor. Put put my dad on real quick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have him put the other guy on as well. Put him on real okay. quick. Okay. Okay. All right, Mike. Pleasure, man. Hello. Hey, Dad. I did that on purpose. That wasn't him. I did that. Say that again. I I did that on purpose. I, it wasn't him. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. And uh, Bob did want to speak back to you. I, so I, you I, I, I said the same thing. I, that's why I told him to put you back on so I get back to Bob Bill. So you can put him on right now. Okay. 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 They have to come in here and count shortly. As soon as they leave out of count, I'm going to call back and <laughs> put him back on the phone. Did you, do you need to talk to Mike again? No. Well, I'm going to let you talk to Mike, but definitely bring back that other guy because I want him. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Me, me and Mike has talked uh, pretty much most of what he told you. He's already shared with me. So we talk, we're going to be talking from here on in. Well, when you listen to the podcast, I said some stuff to him I haven't said to you before. So for definitely, I said some stuff to him I haven't because he pulled. He pulled. You know how Jesus said uh, somebody touched my garment yes, differently. Yes. He pulled differently. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't. I didn't it. want him. No, go go ahead. You heard his emotions, didn't you? I did, and I didn't want him to go back with that. Exactly. And and, and, exactly. and protocol. Yeah. Exactly. What what we're trying to do that that protocol was irrelevant for this situation. Irrelevant. Yes. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And, yeah. And, and, and I'm convinced that there's going to be more in the acting because these opportunities like this, these guys are going to pull out their hearts. And you know what? And we should we should let that happen. Plus, because I'm going to answer them quickly and I'm going to answer them as much as I can. And I'm going to answer them even more in the podcast. So Mike knows he's going to have a deeper answer or more answer on the podcast, too. So I'm going to do both. And I'm definitely going to do okay. both. And absolutely. Okay. And, and then we're going to give you a time to talk too as well. Amen. And the great thing about Mike, I, uh, I, I, God had him on my spirit all weekend long because I feel to when I was invited to other guys, I was thinking, "Ooh!" And I missed Mike. And from Sunday on, I was thinking about Mike. And he come to the table and sit with me. And I said, "Good," because God had you on my spirit all weekend long. He shared with me most of the stuff he shared with you was set off and all the other things. So that's great. Okay, well let me let me say this, let me say this real quick, Dad, because he said he wanna be like you and I'm still recording. I'm I'm not only am I recording what me and you talk about, but I'm recording everything, so this is gonna be on the podcast. So I'm gonna ask you a question for the audience that'll be listening October first and stuff like that. How long have you been locked up? I've been locked up uh, uh, close to twenty one and a half to twenty two calendar years. 
So I wanted to when I so I, I did that because I wanted I wanted when he said he wants to stay positive like you, I wanted the audience to know you've been in there almost twenty two years, and people are trying to be like you, be positive. You, you, you get it? Yeah, there's something that needs to be said about that. I know the count's about to happen. So I guess if you want to free talk us out, whatever is on the Lord's heart for you, whatever whatever's on your heart, uh, you, you you got it. Well, as I would say concerning Mike, uh, God had him on my heart all weekend long because when I invited the other fellas to the fellowship that I had on Saturday, uh, being uh, new to the dorm, I, I was not sure who to invite or who all to invite, and I actually overlooked him. And Sunday, God put him in my vision. And I looked, in uh, all day uh, Monday, I looked for him, and I didn't realize he had his set off, and, and he was just in his cubicle, depressed, not, not moving around, but praise God. Today, when I come down uh, to the day room to do my studies, he come and asked me, he said, uh, Mr. Smith, can I, can I talk to you? I don't want to interrupt you. I said, man, you know you never get in enough to me, so I said the thing to the side, we talked for a long time, and, and I thanked him that he was willing to express the things he expressed to me and let his emotion and his tears flow, because the world knows uh, many supposedly don't cry, but especially in the penitentiary, you just don't let such raw emotions come forward, you know, for any reason, so for him to trust me and to allow God to to give him a place to vent so he can give him healing in that area is most most grateful I'm most grateful to be one that God was used in such a way but I'm even more thankful for him that God has allowed him to let these things go because he told me many times he's been sitting over there with suicidal intent, which I did not know, and most people don't know. So I'm glad God revealed that as well, because now I can come alongside of him even more to assure him whatever he's going through. He doesn't have to go through it alone, because whether I'm there or not, God is always there. Amen to that. Amen to that. Amen. What, what was that first guy named Mar Marble? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay. He, 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 he will be back there. I tell you what. Uh, no, we, when you call down. back, we we call. We gonna do the same thing. He just gonna be up. He just gonna be episode two. You feel me? You good? You good? Uh, okay. And, and 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 there are two other guys that 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 are. Um, already consented to speak with you and, and, and come to a question so uh, they, they, are, they are they are doing an introspection now I, I would say you know uh, looking into their own self to see exactly what they want to do but thank God for this for such an opportunity because we need each other in here mm. But when, when these men really understand and know and find out that there's someone on the outside that generally cares and generally wants to know and understand, they open up even all the more because 
many of us feel and believe that people just don't care about us anymore. Mm. People don't think about us anymore. Out of sight is out of mind. And when they do think about us, it's in all negative ways. So when they have someone who is genuinely concerned on the outside of this institution that generally wants to know how they're feeling, their well-being, and let them know that that there is genuine uh, concern and understanding for them, they open up all the more. Uh, I, I I sit to those to the side as Mike was speaking to you, and I see the raw emotions that he showed me. And why he was speaking to you, and gently uh, embraced him, and then would sit back down. But that's the point uh, that I want to make it, and 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 the world needs to understand. Many of us come in this place, and we receive the correction that is designed to give. I know we have many of of us going out and coming back in that gives the world the wrong signal about what's really going on in here. I tell you, for those of us who are truly in line and in spirit and seeking God, that is transformation going on. That is transformation going on. And that is what is being missed because the only thing that that, that the, the society and the local media are proclaiming and, and propagating is the recidivism of men coming back. So thank you. Yes, sir. And, and thank anyone who hears this message and, and is moved with compassion as the Lord was moved with compassion to have an open heart and an open understanding and reconcile with even those that they might have in their family or in their circle that they that once may have been incarcerated or still is. Because the sad fact of the matter is, many who gets out does not get a full embracement or a full chance or a full opportunity to be re-engrafted back into that intimacy and that love and that unity of a lost loved one or a lost family member because it's always that you know, I just don't know. So, we are so grateful. We are so thankful that God has touched your heart. You have answered the call to give us a voice. And as I said earlier, just just for the world, just just for us to know that someone outside of us is there for us means so much. But as Mike said, it's even equally valuable to have someone inside who's going through the same things that we're going through that's exhibiting the life that we all desire to have. Right. They're nice. coming in now. Right. I'll call you back. Okay, then. Coming in. Okay. Okay. All right, love you. Love you. Bye-bye. The caller has hung up. Hey, everybody. So this is me and my commentary slash answering the questions of this episode. Now I need to apologize for two reasons. One, I just got over pneumonia, so I have a tad bit of a lingering cough. Let me cough right now. 
<coughs> There's your cough. Two, I didn't get the first person's name. And let me tell you why. Number one, and I'm going to talk louder so the microphone can hear me. I couldn't hear because I was parked on the side of the road. That's number one. Number two, my dad told me his name, but I couldn't hear if it was an F or a V or a B because they all sound the same phonetically. That's number two. <coughs> number three, I never forget anyone's names. Since I didn't get his name, I can't remember his name. However, he will be back multiple times. And I apologize to you, brother, because you're important enough for me for me to remember your name. There's no doubt about it. The problem is I just never heard it clearly in the first time. So we're not having a problem of remembering we're just having a problem of all the external circumstances I couldn't even hear in order to remember. However, I know you're important to my dad and I know you're important to God and I also know you are God. So I'm going to answer your question and I'm going to get the mic all in this same episode as promised. So let's start off. You asked me a question about Luke chapter three. Verses 1 through 4. <coughs> In order to get everything together, I need to actually go to 1 through 6. Now let's break all this down. Luke is not a disciple. Not in the way you would understand. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me qualify myself first. All you listeners, prisoners, wanderers, human beings, because there are no prisoners. There are no citizens. There is just one in Christ. All every, everybody listening, hear me as I qualify myself. I'm only going to do this one time on this podcast, no matter how many episodes it is. I got my bachelor's in biblical languages and Christianity. I'm sorry. I got my bachelor's in Christianity, my minor in biblical languages, and I got my master's in theological studies I took the scholar route on top of taking the scholar route I graduated my bachelor's as the president of the National Honor Society of Theological Studies no the theology and religious studies there you go to this day I am still in scholar circles I pastored the church for 11 years I just stopped pastoring this year I actually <coughs> to be honest with you I closed my church down and created a government because well that's what the Lord told me to do then you're going to have to argue with me or throw stones at me later about that but I am not Peter James or John I am Paul I have more in common with the Apostle Paul I go where there is nothing start something and then I move on I'm not a pastor I'm not a shepherd I am a church planter and this self-awareness is a superpower. So I guess the mere fact that my superpower is knowing that I'm self-aware and knowing that I'm not a shepherd is why I'm so intimate and excited and on fire 
to talk to people who can't even vote to inmates who probably won't get out anytime before some of you would die that's that's kind of my deal that's what makes me Paul not Peter but nevertheless I think that's the last of the qualification what else I speak Greek, well, Koine Greek, which is a dead language now, but that's the, that's the language that was written in the Bible for uh, this New Testament language in the Bible. Now, of course, in, in, in Hebrew, uh, Biblical Hebrew, fluently, I actually teach Biblical Hebrew and I teach Koine Greek as well. And I used to be an adjunct professor at Houston Baptist University. I spent spent well that's all oh, that's not fair I was an adjunct professor at a few universities I was an at Houston Baptist University you have to have a doctorate so I have a master's so at Houston Baptist University which is my favorite school my alma mater uh, absolutely I graduated twice from Houston Baptist University which is the only place I wanted to teach I was actually a teacher's assistant I taught classes, there's no doubt about it, freshman level classes, or freshman through senior level classes, but you have to have a doctorate at HBU, not a master's, so to be fair to the prestigiousness of HBU, I was never an adjunct professor at HBU, but I was an adjunct professor at many other universities, so that's where we stopped. Those are my qualifications. Oh, no. One more. I am one of the world's... Well, no, I'm not even going to do that. All right. So, let's get let's get to my guys, Luke chapter 3, 1 through um, 4 question. This entire text you're talking about is about repairing and execution. All right? This is how I would phrase it. Other people would say repairing and preparing. But I don't, you know, I like to say repairing and execution. There's a few things you need to know in the Luke chapter three, verses one through four, but I'm going to go through one through six. Number one, God's timing is perfect. Number two, God uses all of us. Number three, repentance prepares you. For Christ, that's loaded. Loaded, loaded, loaded. I'm coming back to that. And then number four, I would say is Luke is not a disciple. He's a disciple, but he wasn't one of the 12 disciples. That's how I'm using that. So let's roll with this real quick. Off the top, (coughs) excuse my cough, off the top. God's timing is perfect. And I don't mean to hit any of you with the traditional church talk. If you have an opinion about this, hear me, hear me very well. There are no mistakes. And God can use every last thing that you've ever done wrong. And God can use every single thing that you've ever done right. But God's plans will always include your mistakes. And anything happening to your life, into your life, for your life, about your life, or to your life, depends on what preposition you want to use at the time. It's not going to stop the fact that God's timing is perfect. 
And you can find that in verses 1 and 2, at least a, a four-part or the antecedent of verses 1 through 2. So where do we get this from? Now in the 15th year, the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius, Pontius Pilate, being the governor of Judea, Herod, the Tetrarch of Gal Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Eturia, and the region of Trachianus and Lysianus, Tetrarch of Abilene, where, Anani where Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. This is what you call a superscription. Let me help you out with this here. When you read verse 3, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1, what you read is the timing of a verse. And the Bible does this so well. So well. Over and over, the Bible gives you what you call a superscription. And that superscription just simply means somebody like me is not writing to you oh antonio that person is writing to his audience and i say his because the bible has over 40 different authors and they're all male even rahab <coughs> and esther were not written by rahab and esther they were written by men i'm gonna tell you that's a good thing i'm just telling you that's the bible so verse one and two tell you when this was happening and verse 2 specifically says during the height during the high priesthood of Anas, Abel, of Anas and Caiaphas the word of God came to John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness so let me explain verses 1 and 2 off top what the author Luke in this case is doing it's giving you a dated time. If you use extra, extra biblical literature, you can find out when Anias, I mean, uh, uh, Anias and Caiaphas reigned. And this is first century AD. And it is around 30 AD. Okay. So this, well, it's not around 30, but it's more around 12 to 30 AD. But what a wonderful time to live. My man who asked this question, forgive me for not hearing your name, but I want you to process this information. The reason why Jesus, according to your faith, needs no reason to have an heir is because Jesus will never die. The way it works is kings will be killed by killing the kings and then killing everybody in their lineage. Jesus doesn't have this problem because Jesus can't die. Even though he died, he was resurrected. And Jesus doesn't have any heirs, according to Christianity. Therefore, you can't kill his heirs. Also, I want you to think about the fact, and this is an opinion. This is a hist this is historicity. So it's different between historical facts and historicity. Hist historical facts, you could say Hitler was a good person. He just got lost. That's history. Historicity says Hitler was charismatic, but killed a lot of people. That's historicity. It's just the actual depiction of events and people. That's it. We don't interpret historicity. 
Historicity deserves no interpretation and is not allowed for interpretation. It's just what actually happened. History is up for the interpreter and winners typically write history. That being said, <coughs> my brother and everybody listening, and I hope you hear this so well. When you read Luke chapter three, verses one and two, what you're reading is that God finally was ready to spread his gospel. And he waited until the Romans created aqueducts, put water all over the place. He waited till the Romans made the world safe because people would cut the bellies. Well, what happened is people would swallow gold and then throw it up later, swallow jewelry, throw it up later. And then robbers like me, I'm just saying me, would cut their bellies at night and take their precious jewels and go from them. And the Romans crucified people who did this. Jesus wasn't the first crucifixion, nor were the two people next to him. They crucified people to make the streets safe. So the timing here in verses one, when Luke is trying to communicate to you is when everything was safe, when Caiaphas was the high priest, when Tiberius reigned, when Pontius Pilate was the governor. This is important. When Caiaphas was the high priest, that's a Hebrew thing. When Tiberius reigned, that's a Roman, that's a Roman emperor. But when, when Pontius Pilate was governor, that's a different thing. Governor had, there was no governors until about uh, when the Maccabees happened, I'm going from memory. A governor had two jobs, collect taxes, and keep riots down. Pontius Pilate was not an emperor. Pontius Pilate had two jobs. Collect taxes, he did that. Keep riots down, he didn't do that well because Jesus, in his existence, created riots. Okay? So that's what they're telling you in these two verses that, hey, here is the timeline that I'm speaking to you and anybody listening. So your opinion that you ask for is simple. The opinion is very simple. There is no opinion. Verses one through two are simply Luke giving his readers an accurate timeline of when these things happen. So verse three and four is where you need the interpretation. Verse three, and he went into all the region. Now we gotta say, who is he? He is not Jesus in this case, by the way. He is John the Baptist. He went to all the reason around Jordan. That's a geographical location that tells you he was in the area of Jerusalem. It also tells you that, that Luke, being a non-Gentile, is drawing from the heritage of the Hebrews because in Joshua, testament they crossed the jordan river to be free to get from slavery while jesus would take you from a different kind of slavery and luke is saying because he tells you in verse one i did all the research i mean excuse me chapter one I did all the research luke is saying hey i've done the research and john the baptist was a Christ figure 
But truthfully, John, would bat, John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet ever. He just happened to live in the New Testament. So what's the Old Testament prophet? The Old Testament prophet is somebody who proclaimed the Messiah was coming. And that's what the Old Testament prophet was. John the Baptist is an Old Testament prophet, no doubt about it. It just happens to be in the New Testament. So that's what verse 3 is about. But the B part of verse 3, that means it's the second part. It's John the Baptist talking, saying, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And that's what I kind of alluded, alluded to that at the beginning, so I'm doing now. Repent just simply means to turn around, to do a 180. If I'm facing forward, I need to go backwards. If I'm facing left, I need to go right. If I'm facing north, I need to go south. So what John the Baptist, what repentance means is simply turn and go in the opposite direction. Please hear me. Turn and go in the opposite direction. If you're out here in the free world, if you're part of Assembly of Wonders, or if you're just listening to this podcast and something is not going wrong right in your life, turn and go in a different direction. If you're in the CT Terror Unit, Rochere in Texas, who is the hot, one of the highlights, 50% of the highlight of this podcast, repentance doesn't mean correcting people. Repentance simply means to turn in the other direction. And I hope you receive that because the church has far too many correctors. The church need more lovers than correctors. So that's verse three. And to end him, his question, verse four, is as it is written in the book. Now, before we stop, I mean, before we start, this is the problem with the gospel. The problem with the gospel is we don't know what the gospel is today. That's the problem with the gospel. You cannot have the gospel without the Old Testament. You cannot have the gospel without the full story of Israel. You cannot have the gospel if it's not Hebrew. And you cannot have the gospel just be the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's not the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus Christ according to scriptures, which is according to the full story of Israel. This is why the Old Testament is so important. This is why the full narrative of the Hebrew people are so important, is so important. Because Jesus recapitulated. That's a fancy scholar word that means to retrace. And I'll give it to you. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Abraham, or Abram at the time, was called away from his kin to Bethlehem. Jesus started off not in Bethlehem. Abraham started off in Ur or Uz, depending on your translation of the Bible, not in Bethlehem. Abraham, then his lineage, had to spend slavery in hiding and in slavery in Egypt. Jesus had to escape through a dream from an angel to his earthly father to Egypt and didn't come back until two years later. Then Jesus got baptized in the Jordan River and Joshua took the people across 
to the promised land through the Jordan River. Then Jesus had to go to the wilderness before he started his ministry. Then the children of Israel had to sit at the Mount Sinai in the wilderness and travel 40 years to the wilderness while one generation dies off because that's what it went. And then after the wilderness, they go and do their mission in the promised land. After Jesus' wilderness, Luke chapter 4, specifically verse 1, they go in, and Jesus goes to the temple, or no, excuse, me, excuse me, the synagogue, and announces himself as the Messiah they've been waiting for. And everything Jesus did was simply a retracing of every step that the Hebrew children, the children of Israel, did. Jesus is simply a retracing and a fulfillment of every mistake that the children of Israel did. That's why Jesus is so important. And that's what Luke is talking about in verse four, according to these scriptures. This is not a front option. According to these scriptures, as it's written in the book, the words of Isaiah say, who is Isaiah? Isaiah is a major prophet. Major just means he has a very long book. And he talks about, um, he's a post-exilic prophet. He's, he's speaking mostly after exile. What does that mean? In, um, in, the, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel went into ex Babylonian exile for 70 years. Isaiah prophesizes at this time. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty accurate as well. But it just simply means that Isaiah, we could call him a post-exilic prophet, but he's more than that. He's a major prophet. It simply means that Luke is saying it was already a part of the story of Israel. What's the story of Israel? The voice. What's the voice? God. But who was God in the New Testament as the voice? John the Baptist. So in Isaiah, the voice crying out in the wilderness, the Hebrew people would understood that that's God. Who is God, so to speak, in the New Testament? It is John the Baptist. But don't take my word. Remember, they asked John the Baptist, are you the Messiah? He says, no. Well, then are you the prophet? So you got to go to Deuteronomy 18 to understand what they mean by the prophet. Deuteronomy 18, I'm going from memory, somewhere around verse 10, they ask Moses, excuse me, Moses says, listen, God going to send somebody just like me to deliver y'all. Now, did they know that would be 22,000 years later? No, no, they didn't know. But that's the prophet that they were asking about because all the Hebrew people, whether you be a Sadducee and did not believe in the resurrection, or you'd be a Pharisee and believe in a resurrection. All the Hebrew people came back to what the Greeks called the Pentateuch, came back to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, which is the second telling, the second word, the second time Moses had to talk because that first generation had died. And Moses was talking to a group of people in Deuteronomy who never saw the works of the Lord. And Moses had to tell them about the works of the Lord that there would be a prophet who was to come. So who was the prophet that was to come? That prophet, my friends, 
was simply John the Baptist. This is why I and many scholars who know what they're talking about will tell you John the Baptist was an Old Testament prophet. He just happened to be in the New Testament. Okay, just happened to be in the New Testament. So let's wrap this up. He made a way, made it prepared the way for the Lord, and then every valley shall be filled, and in every crooked place shall be straight. So here's how we end this here, and then I need to get to the commit suicide part. Isaiah chapter 40 is where you find this reference at in Luke chapter 4. I think we're in 4. Oh, whatever I told you, I'm going from memory. This is Luke chapter 3, excuse me. Luke chapter 3. You find this in Isaiah chapter 40 to where God is saying, comfort my people. Okay, comfort my people. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm a New Testament. I forgot to tell you my scholarship. I am an Old Testament covenant scholar, which means I know, uh, which forces me to be a Paulinian scholar. That means I know all of Paul's writing because he only talks about the Old Testament covenant. Forces me to be a Jewish culture and Jewish tradition scholar because the Old Testament covenants are completely Jewish and Jewish culture, traditions, etc. So I'm about to do that right now. Isaiah in chapter 40 was saying, hey, my friends, hey, loved ones, hey, prophets, hey, beloved. My father, Antonio Sr., calls me beloved. Hey, beloved, I came here to give you peace. If you go read Isaiah chapter 1, I'm excuse me, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, it says, comfort my people, Isaiah. My people have struggled long enough. Don't let them struggle no more. So my man who asked me this question, I'm here long 30 minute answer because you asked a deep question to tell you your struggle is over God is speaking over you right now that's why you had the testimony you talked about on the third episode I believe because your struggle is over amen your struggle is completely over so that's the full explanation of this if you're thinking my explanation is better than other people that's not true my explanation may seem better only because I spent $150,000 in student loans just to learn this. Better has nothing to do with clarity. I may be more clear than others or I may be less clear than others, but that's not what makes something better. The only way something can become better is if I match God's motives. If it doesn't match God's motives, it's not better. Now, I want to end this by talking to Mike. I do remember your name. And anybody anybody talking about suicide. Now, I answered Mike mostly during that call. So this is why I get to take a short version here. Am I telling you suicide is wrong? Nope, I'm not telling you that. Am I telling you suicide is right? Nope, I'm not telling you that either. Am I telling you that God remembers you? You're absolutely right. Am I telling you that if you make any mistake, because there are no mistakes, but if you make any mistake, God is going to counsel you, give you comfort. If I'm telling you, if, if you commit suicide, when you get a chance to start this all over, get comforted, you get all this. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But you don't have to commit suicide. Are times rough? You're absolutely right, they're rough. Is life fair? Life is never going to be fair. 
but you did not incarnate on this planet for life to be fair. That's not why you're here. You're not here to get a fair shot. You're here to be the light. And the light is not allowed to have a fair life. I didn't say you get to have a rough life. What I'm saying is how can the light exist in the light? That's not the way it works. Light cannot be seen in light. My flashlight ain't working on the sun, S-U-N. My flashlight ain't working inside of a house with the lights lit up. The light is called to go where it is unfair. The light is called to go where it is too dark. The light is what's right with this world. And you cannot be the light in heaven. So Mike and everybody listen to me. God don't need no ministry. We do. Heaven don't need ministry. We do. You hear me? And if you take your life, you stop me from being saved because there's a light in you that I need to get in me. My friends, this has been the Wonders and Prisoners podcast. Antonio Smith Sr., not me. Um, this is his ministry. I'm just helping. If you felt inclined, please share this podcast. The inmates, and I, I hate calling them inmates, but that's your that's that's how y'all understand it. Your in these inmates are listening to this podcast. They're getting tablets soon. And somewhere later we'll have a donation link. Because what I'm what I'm gonna do. Not now, not in this episode. What I'm going to do is we're going to take a bunch of donations and we're going to feed the whole terror unit weekly, to be honest with you. But we'll get there when we get there. This is the first episode. All I can tell you is I love you. And my name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. And you can plant better. You can dominate. Outside of this place means so much to us. See, 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 we have people come in here and minister to us and say this and say that and do this and that, and we are thankful for that. But we have very few opportunities where we can share with someone mm. in such an intimate way. When they come in here, it's strictly to minister, and, and because they are here, uh, 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 that's why God used Mike. That's why God used Mike exactly. to change because we was running this podcast like a prison.
Amen. Amen. So yes, yes, he broke, he broke through the walls by giving us a platform through you all outside these walls to where we can be ourselves, to where we can express ourselves from the heart. Exactly what you said.